Hi, and welcome back to Out of the Cold. So we just wanted to give listeners a quick update about a cold case we recently explored, the January 2007 murder of Martin Munoz. Now, if you haven't heard details about the Munoz case, stop now, go back and listen to episode four. Still here? Okay, let's start with a little background. So as you may recall, Martin had come to the United States as a teen from Mexico, later got married to his wife, Elizabeth, and worked tirelessly to provide for his family both here and back in Mexico. He and his wife had three children, two daughters and a son, who all worshipped him. He was a great husband, father, and friend. He pushed his children to make good grades and work hard to achieve their dreams. He was eventually able to open up his own tire and auto repair shop on East Rosedale Street. And it was there, while working on the evening of January 31st, 2007, that he was shot in the head by an irate customer. Now the man who would kill Martine had come to the shop that evening to have Martine switch out some rims on two wheels. Martine did the work, but the customer claimed that one of the rims had been damaged and an argument over payment followed. Martine said he was gonna call the police. The customer responded by shooting Martine, then fled in a pickup driven by a second man. Now Martine's death devastated his family. More than a decade later, that devastation was still visible on their faces and evident in their voices as they talked with me about the void that his death had left. It's been almost 11 years since he been, he's been gone, and I told my husband, this year is a year that I finally feel that I can get back on my feet and try to be get a little bit of sense of normalcy, but it's not the same. People, people say that time heals all wounds, but... I don't think it heals them. I think it. You just learn how to live. You just hard learn how to live with pain, but you miss them every day. So Fort Worth police have worked on Martin's case off and on through the years, and now it appears that work has finally paid off. In late November, a murder charge was filed against a suspect, a 30-year-old Mexican national currently serving his third stint in federal prison for entering the country illegally. That suspect. Juan Meraz Flores would have been just 19 when Martin was killed. Homicide detective Jeremy Roden says through the years, detectives have spoken with multiple individuals who all were able to provide little snippets about a possible suspect in the case. And when I say snippets, I mean snippets. Like, I'm hearing on the street that his Hispanic team with the first name of Juan did it. Wow, that's helpful, thanks. So efforts to find out the identity of this Juan, not surprisingly, had all failed in the past. But last year, another man came forward, and this tipster gave a few more details about this elusive Juan. Roden had been working the past couple months to put together all these snippets that had been received through the years, and recently came up with a possible full name of the suspect, Juan Eduardo Miraz Flores. We did some research and were able to locate the person that he was speaking about and verify that that was the individual he was talking about. Um, and then using evidence that we had, we did some forensic testing and were able to connect that person with the offense. Now, Roden didn't want to talk about what physical evidence specifically linked Moraz Flores to the case, but he said further investigation has only strengthened that connection. And Roden didn't have to look very far to find a suspect. 
After noticing that Moraz Flores had a history of being deported, Roden checked in with immigration and custom enforcement agents and learned that the suspect was already in federal prison. He went to try to talk to him, but the inmate claimed he didn't know anything about the murder. The physical evidence, however, suggests otherwise, and on November 27th, Tarrant County prosecutors filed a murder charge against Meraz Flores, accusing him of Martin's death. So if this were my case, I'd be ecstatic, dancing, chilling the champagne, but Roden is a bit more guarded. He's quick to even dodge any praise. A lot of detectives have worked on this case over the years, so I can't take full credit for doing this. I just kind of put the bow on the top of work that had been done. But as you said earlier, I'm very cautious. Right when you get close to the finish line, is that's a lot of times when the, the ground can fall out from beneath you. I'm still very cautious about it because there's still some things to be done before we, before I'll feel really comfortable. But it does feel good to be able to sit with the family and tell them, I think we have the person that's responsible for this. And the investigation isn't over for Roden. Another part of the investigation is still the locating the driver of the vehicle and speaking with them and determining what role they played, whether they were complicit in the murder or if they're a witness to what happened. So I've done some research on Maraz Flores's past. Federal court records I've looked at states the teen had been living in the U.S. illegally since 1988 when he would have been just one. I can't tell you whether he had any criminal history as a juvenile because those records are confidential in Texas. But in December 2014, when he was just 17, he shot one man and threatened two others with a gun in a crime that officials dubbed as gang-related. He entered into a plea bargain with prosecutors and pled guilty in April of 2005 to two charges of engaging in organized criminal activity. In exchange, he received nine months in state jail. And after serving his sentence, officials deported Moraz Flores to Mexico in October of 2005. But he didn't stay gone for long. In June of 2008, a year and a half after Martin's murder, federal agents were looking for another man wanted on a warrant when they pulled over a Chevy Malibu and found Moraz Flores driving. He was charged federally with re-entry after deportation, later pled guilty, and received 16 months in federal prison. He served his time, then got deported again in November 2009. And again, he returns. In June of 2011, Fort Worth police arrest him on accusations of reckless driving, failure to identify, and possession of marijuana. At that time, he's going by the name Eduardo Flores. He is again prosecuted federally for illegal reentry, again given 16 months in federal prison, and again deported after serving his time in February of 2014. Just four months later, in July of 2014, he's caught in Fort Worth again. Now this time the sentence would be stiffer, 30 months in federal prison. And Maraz Flores was almost done with his latest sentence. He was scheduled to be deported to Mexico again in February. But now he won't be going anywhere except to the Tarrant County Jail to face prosecution in Martin's murder. For Martine's family, the reaction to a suspect being identified in this case after all these years brought with it a whirlwind of emotions. Viviana explains. We were sad because, I mean, we know that he's really young and it kind of made us sad that he hasn't done anything good with his life. And we were kind of angry and disappointed because he, um, like, from what we know, he has a record. So we just, we were kind of angry that he wasn't um, linked to a case sooner or caught sooner, you know? 
And um, at the same time, we were kind of happy that we know who he is and he's behind bars. And we're relieved that he's not going to be able to hurt anyone else, you know. Adding to their anger is all the times that the suspect had been deported only to come back. Now remember, Viviana and her siblings are themselves the children of Mexican immigrants. Viviana even works for a nonprofit agency, helping immigrants navigate the legal system. I know, um, coming from the, the background that we come from, and especially me working with immigration, I'm always trying to like help people, you know, um, stay in the country and and um, and be here, you know, because I mean it's it's kind of hard to separate people from their families, and we get all that that they're going through, but. I don't know, I just had a, I just felt really, really upset about him just coming in and out of the country like whenever he wants and you know, that just kind of makes me feel like he has no respect for authorities, he, he just, now it makes me think that he has resources, you know, to, to just kind of come and go as he, as he pleases, so, I mean, apparently these deportations have done nothing for him. And like Roden, Viviana says her family is remaining cautious in their optimism. They're glad a suspect is behind bars. And if he was responsible for their father's death, they're glad that he may finally pay for all he stole from their family. We, we know that they're still, this is a really good big step and we're, we're, we're happy for that, but at the same time, we're really cautious and feeling too excited because we know that there's still a long way to go and um, we just, we, we, we're still praying that, that it follows through all the way and that we, um, and that he can actually um, be, that justice can be served in this case, you know? So, so I mean, I, I think that will bring a sense of, of relief to us and, and maybe some closure, you know? I know nothing will bring my dad back, but it'll give us some sense of closure at least in, in that aspect, you know? So we'll keep you updated as the case works its way through the criminal justice system. In the meantime, check back later this month for our next Out of the Cold episode. We'll be exploring the 1980 Christmas death of Cheryl Springfield. Until then. Out of the Cold is produced by Steve Wilson, edited by Lee Williams, and written and narrated by me, Deanna Boyd.